I've got it. Recording okay. in progress. Recording in progress. See if um, this shit works. Are you ready? Let's do this. It's going to work. Let's go. Let's go. We got this. <laughs> okay. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. You're listening to Do I Make You Uncomfortable with Morgan and Sarah. I'm Morgan and that's Sarah. About two and a half seconds. That was about a two and a half second pause that time. Was it really? I thought it was like a tenth of a second. <laughs> and I, was like, I, I started counting. I just wanted to see how long it was going to take you. You can't laugh too hard. You'll wheeze yourself to death. That's true. And I'll start coughing. Um, so just an FYI, I um I have been diagnosed with bronchitis and pneumonia. Pneumonia. So, <laughs> and so if I start coughing, I apologize. I have my inhaler next to me and I'm on steroids and generous going in there for you. Huh? So because Mr. Generous brought you your inhaler. Oh, I know. Because I had everything else out on the on the desk out in the living room. Oh. <clears throat> so um so uh Sarah texts me a few days ago and says, No, you called me and said, We're gonna have to get our shit together for the podcast. And I was like, Oh my god, what did you do? So Sarah got to have a really cool experience. Do you want to tell them about it? Yeah, so um I listen to multiple podcasts. We talk about this. Um, and one of the podcasts I listen to all the time is Bananas. Um, and they read, it's Kurt Brownoller and Scotty Landis. And Kurt Brownoller is a really established comedian. And Scotty Landis is written for every com- com- like comedy show you've ever seen in your life, I swear. Um, and he was a, like a main writer on Workaholics and stuff like that. Well they have a shout out thing that they do on every single one of their podcasts and they've just recently changed their shout outs to be like everybody was trying to shout out birthdays and things like that and so uh they changed it to where they're not going to do birthdays because they they don't record in the moment um and so they were coming up late and stuff like that so i sent in and i just said like i wonder if this counts as a shout out but um I you know I have a podcast with my friend and blah 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 blah, and all this kind of stuff right so they respond to every single dm that you send to them oh wow every single person they respond every single time I've sent in multiple stories for their news thing and actually they used one of my stories um on one of their episodes and they they shouted me out for the story um and then he sends me a message back and he was like, this absolutely counts as a shout out. <laughs> and I was like, oh my gosh. Okay. <laughs> so they came to Kansas City. Um, oh, well, oopsie. <laughs> try it's again. Okay. It's going to be on there. You want me to try again? Oh, I guess. I don't care. They, everybody knows we live in Kansas City. <laughs> <laughs> um. So they they came here and uh, for a live podcast and I got to go to the podcast and uh they shouted us out there but they brought they like us are a little bit of shit shows and 
they forgot to record the podcast. <laughs> so no. yeah. Um, they said that they're gonna shout us out at the Minneapolis episode. Yeah. On the podcast. So- that's fun. So then Sarah's like, we got to get our shit together because people are going to be, be really be listening now. And I was like, oh, boss. Okay. I thought we had our shit together. Apparently we don't have our shit together. And apparently our sound didn't sound as great last time because I didn't hold the microphone close enough to my mouth. Um, so, you know, here we go again. But it we're on Zoom. Really good in our, it sounded really good in our headphones though. It, it did sound really good in our headphones. Yeah. When we recorded and it was only on the second one. It was Yeah, that's true. One. And so I did I pull think, I did pull my mic out and I wasn't sitting where I was. So yeah, it's probably think, I'll take the blame. I think it was a distance problem on that second one. So yeah. distance from my mouth to the microphone. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. So we're recording today and then we're gonna record on Friday. Hopefully. Yeah. Hopefully. Um, we're gonna record on Friday a uh, really cool episode uh, with my friend Lisa. So we're gonna do that one in person though. So that one shouldn't be as problematic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but anyway, we are, um, we've now tried three different computers on my side and changed the internet and three different I, internets <laughs> and hooked into an ethernet cord. So the internet is stable <laughs> for the time being for right now. <laughs> and we are going to do this podcast. So um, I don't know if there's really any updates to our lives over the last, I don't know, a couple of weeks since we Here's recorded the, the last. I have to tell you. Okay. It may not be a popular opinion. Oh gosh. I'm okay with it. Well, you're always okay with an unpopular opinion. So go right on. Okay. So the Philadelphia Phillies um, are in the World Series. And I think it would be awesome if the Philadelphia Eagles went to the Super Bowl. As long as they go with it. Chiefs yeah they won't win against the Chiefs they're not going to win against the Chiefs they're in a really awful like what is oh it? yeah their league isn't very good their league so, is awful one thing about Sarah and I is that we really love football and Sarah came over awesome. last weekend and um <laughs> we watched football and we also listened to um the new heights podcast with Travis Kelsey and Jason Kelsey if you like football and you haven't heard it it's really funny they're number one on the charts so um for sports podcasts so I'm sure if you do listen to it you've heard it but it's so good but yeah so Sarah came over last weekend and we watched some football and um all that good stuff but no I don't give two shits that the Phillies are in the World Series oh I don't either I don't care that the Phillies are in the World Series I just think it would be really interesting because the Eagles currently are still undefeated undefeated yeah and So I think it would be really interesting if they made it all the way to the Super Bowl the same year that the Phillies went to the World Series. Like that would be, that would be craziness. We almost did that in Kansas City with the Royals and the Chiefs, but uh, you know the Royals had to go fuck that one up. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. We still love you, Royals, but it's fine. Uh, that's funny. That's I funny. We're gonna talk about us watching football with Mr. Generous and him telling us that he goes. <laughs> what did he say to you you guys just think you're so funny don't you <laughs> yeah uh, yeah that's why we you started a fucking podcast <laughs> yeah. yeah he said uh you guys just think each other are hilarious and I was like uh yeah why do you think we started a podcast we do think <laughs> each other is funny he's like you guys just laugh at each other all the time I'm like yeah we really kind of do yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> so um we have an interesting one for you today 
quite interesting. I think I do want to do kind of a trigger warning because there there is some um a little bit of abuse talk so um or sexual trauma talk so just a trigger warning um but this one's going to be kind of lighthearted today we're going to talk a little bit about a um quote unquote taboo subject um that i really didn't start looking into until after i got a divorce um and so we are going to discuss um the kink community and the kink world um, I just want to say that I got my resources from westword.com and hedonism.com and gstherapycenter.com. <clears throat> I have GS Therapy Center. <laughs> it's probably some of the same stuff that I have. It's probably the exact same <laughs> article. <laughs> okay, so I thought that it would be fun to start with some terms because... Um, not a lot of people like there's a whole different vernacular um, within the kink community. Um, and so I think it's funny that um, different communities have different like verbiages and, and the way that they talk like the military community is just I will say something sometimes and Spencer would be like, can you make it civilian this time? <laughs> like, oh, yeah, sorry. Yeah, my, bad. <laughs> my bad. My bad. Um, so I'm going to read, uh, <laughs> do you want me to read the word or the definition? No, read me the word and I'm going to try and, and then Sarah's going to try and explain what it is. <laughs> okay. This one's kind of easy. Vanilla community. Oh, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> We're the community that doesn't do this. Yeah, non-BDSM are people and practices outside the kink scene. It's plain or ordinary or normal. Um, this one's going to be fun. Normal, but anyway, go ahead. Well, that's just kind of like, though, it, I think when you think about kink, it's outside of what people consider normal. Right. Right. Like vanilla is like plain. Um, it's just plain, like plain. Um, plain there's game. not really any exploration to it there's not you know trying new things it's very you know straightforward and very you know technical it feels like very whitewashed yeah. <laughs> okay next one anal training oh i know what this is okay this is where you use different sized um a lot of times butt plugs mm -hmm. um to make your anus be able to accept larger objects. Yep. Yep. It's a progressive insertion of long and girthy objects into the anus to stretch the sphincter for sexual like activity. Girthy. Yeah. Girthy. <laughs> and in parentheses, it says lube is your friend. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anally. Yeah. <laughs> okay. What about a black sheet party? Okay. Well, two things came to mind. <laughs> okay. One was, I don't want to see those sheets after that party. <laughs> and two was, I got a really weird, uh, like Ku Klux Klan member in my oh. brain wearing a black oh. sheet. Oh, okay. No, so <laughs> I know it's neither one of those. So. <laughs> no, it's, it's slang for an orgy involving individuals in the BDSM community. Um, and also in parentheses, it says, don't confuse it with a blanket party. Do you know what a blanket party is? An orgy. 
No. A blanket party is when um, it's in the military, whenever somebody like continues to continually fuck up and like cause you to get in trouble. Cause in the military, it's not like you get in trouble by yourself. Most of the time it's your group. You get in trouble, especially in like basic training. Uh-huh. So a blanket party is when they put soap inside of like pillowcases and they hit you with it. Oh, that's not a party. That's <laughs> not a blanket. <laughs> yeah well you could put it in a you could put it in a blanket too but that's what a blanket party is okay okay what about cell popping (laughs) no idea (laughs) okay a form of body modification or micro branding using a red hot needle or poker to make a series of dots on the skin um a dragon's tail also ow oh um (laughs) Nope. A type of whip with a broad triangular piece of suede or leather that tapers down to a point. Oh. Um, emotional play. Okay. Emotional play. I am going to say is, uh, kind of like, um, humiliation. Mm-hmm. Um, because I did read somewhere where it was talking about like how humiliation can be just as intense um, yeah. as a feeling and emotion as like sexual gratification and like physical. Yeah. Harm. So it's a form of psychological BDSM play involving humiliation, fear, shame, or other elements that cause the recipient to have an emotional response. <clears throat> Ooh, I can't wait to hear your response on this one. Figging. <laughs> I have no idea. Okay, are you ready for this? Inserting a piece of ginger or a hot chili pepper into the anus to produce a burning sensation. Ginger would burn your anus? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Okay, you're going to know this one. A golden shower. Oh, yeah, yeah. Don't pee on me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Don't okay. Be. It's the act of urinating on someone. Um, this is really kind of a more common term. People people know that well, one. And R. Kelly made that one real famous. So Oh, God. R. Kelly. Um, hard limit. Is that where they're like, no, I'm not going past this? Mm-hmm. Yep. It's a, it's a non-negotiable stop. boundary discussed and agreed upon as a part of BDSM play. Okay. Do you know what BDSM stands for? <clears throat> I read it. Okay. Bondage, discipline, dominance, submission, sadomasochism. And whenever you talk about sadomasochism, sadism and masochism are kind of two separate things. And sadism is when you derive pleasure, especially sexual pleasure from inflicting pain, um, suffering or humiliation on others. And masochism is derived pleasure, especially sexual pleasure from one's own pain or humiliation. Okay. Um, and then you, of course you have like the bondage, the discipline and the dominance and submission. And when you talk about like a, a dom sub relationship, that's really, um, that's really probably the most common thing that you, that you will hear, especially if you live in the vanilla community, um, from the BDSM community. Okay. This one's funny. Jerk off. (laughs) That's what I call people. (laughs) Yeah. That's what it is. Oh, it's an idiot. (laughs) yeah the vanilla idiot that shows up uninvited at a kink play party and tries to screw everything that moves until he is asked to vacate or is removed from the premises 
Notice she's notice they said he because no female show up <laughs> going like uninvited. I'm just gonna come in, okay? <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. So I do have to say that some of the BDSM play can get um, a little scary for people who have never explored um, anything outside of more vanilla, like Missionary sixty nine. You know. Um, right or all those kinds of things all that does yeah yeah so the next one is a little like a little kind of it can take you aback um but knife play uh is this um i i have two thoughts i have two schools of thoughts on this one okay uh it's either so i'm like tied up and somebody's throwing knives towards my direction oh god that's that was my first thought i mean that would be a form of knife play yeah right uh, or the other one is like them like scraping the knife lightly across. Uh-huh. And they draw blood. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just involved in the use of knives to psychologically torment and or draw blood from a player. Okay. Um, and a lot of times when you talk about like they say player or they'll talk about a scene because you're you're like mm-hmm. you are engaging in something that is outside the realm of what vanilla or you know what's quote unquote normal. So <laughs> um this is a fetish lactation. Oh, is this like the fetish of um <coughs> wanting to like be with somebody who's lactating? Mm-hmm. Of human um for human female breast milk, sometimes involving the actual expression of it. Interesting. Um so I feel like this is kind of a common term outside the BDSM community as well, but mind fuck. Oh, God, I use that a lot. Yeah. Yeah, it's a common term. It's like a psychological, like, I don't know. I don't know how to ex- explain it. The act of manipulating someone's perception of reality. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, it's a mind fuck. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> okay, so I've talked a little bit about like the dominant and submissive dynamic so um the dom is the person who assumes the dominant role and the submissive assumes the submissive role um do you know what is interesting about um a dominant submissive relationship with two people who don't necessarily engage in it day to day but maybe in the bedroom there's um some characteristics that come from a dominant submissive relationship with the woman being a submissive and the male being a dominant in during their um uh, sexual endeavors not necessarily like continues outside the bedroom so you're like dancing around something and I don't know where you're going so just say it (laughs) (laughs) so this some people engage in a dom sub dynamic all the time Uh Mm -hmm. um but some people just engage in it in the bedroom right so there is a unique um kind of perspective that people have where um a lot of times when a female is submissive in the bedroom or they want to be submissive in the bedroom they are extremely um successful or dominant or um very they're a leader in their career where they Mm -hmm. make a lot of decisions during the day or they don't want to make any decisions at night so it's all your yeah yeah. Yeah. Um, that is a big part of a dom sub relationship within the bedroom, not necessarily all the time. 
However, there are dominant submissive relationships outside the bedroom, and those are interesting. Have you ever looked into anything like that? Like, I'm on kink talk, so surprise, surprise, I'm talking about TikTok. Just Mm -hmm. go fuck yourself. I like TikTok, but I am on kink talk because I find it so interesting. This community, it's so accepting. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, No, I haven't really... um um explored much of it i know that kansas city has a huge bdsm community oh that's interesting i don't think i knew that oh yeah like with the dom sub kind of like dynamic those who engage in it all the time um they'll have a lot of them have collars and so that means that they're collared quote unquote um, and so they are the submissive in the relationship to the dominant. And um, there's a lot of um, like play around making sure that the submissive is, you know, staying hydrated. And then you have um, kind of subcategories of submissives too, where there's like brats, there's pillow princesses, um, and the the people who brat um are like super ornery that's how you can best describe Mm -hmm. it so they like um they push the buttons of their dom and Mm -hmm. so um and then they get uh punishments for breaking rules so like uh when we talked a little bit about a hard limit so one of the big things we'll talk about in a minute is consent within the the kink community. And so there are rules that they both come up with that they live by day to day. And so brats will um, purposefully break those rules or have a ton of, you know, like having caffeine and drinking caffeine and not eating like they're supposed to. That's like a big, a big play on the kink community. The missives. What? Do you remember my story I told you about when I was like 16 working uh hardy's yes yeah that's exactly what that reminds me of yeah oh yeah okay so it could have been it could have been completely consensual yeah but you did not like it do you want to tell the story i've told it on here before i think oh 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 i think you have too yeah Yeah, where where i i was working at hardy's and oh gosh oh gosh okay sorry uh, where I was working at Hardee's and I, uh, this guy came in with two girls and they were, he was just dressed normally. They were in these tiny little skirts and, um, they both had leather collars on and he had leather leashes on them. And I asked him what he wanted to eat and he gave me his order. And then I asked one of the girls and she, she didn't say anything. And he was like, she can't talk. And I blew a fucking gasket. <laughs> And I was like, what do you mean she can't talk? Did you cut her fucking tongue out? Like I was not, I didn't do well. You were not having it. (laughs) I did not do well. I didn't know about BDSM at that point in my life. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I did, but not like in depth. Yeah. And then in terms of, so there's like a lot of different terms, like subcategories of being a submissive. Um, And then there are with dominance too. There's like um, one of, the things that I have learned most recently about is like a pleasure dom is what they call it. Do you know what that is? The person who gets pleasure from being a dominant. (laughs) No, but that's a good answer. No, they actually, their punishments involve 
um, giving pleasure to the utmost orgasms. So they will make you orgasm as many times as they can. Oh, yeah, that's I mean, a pleasure. I like, I mean, I might like that. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, um, so that's a dynamic. Um, what about the term switch? Is this where uh the dom the dom and the sub switch? Yeah, you can go between the two roles. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay, see. Um, I know something. <laughs> you do, you do, you do. Uh I I have found that I have learned more about myself by learning about the king community than I ever could have before. Um and the amount of exception that there is within the, this community and exploring like your sexuality and exploring the things that you like and it not being taboo. Um, it really, I think it helped me heal a lot from my divorce. Um, yeah. because I mean, I, I think as I've, I've talked about before, but, um, my, my ex-husband is, um, narcissistic. And so, um, I was, Oh man, I'm going to come off on a tangent here. I found a new podcast to listen to called the Narc in me. And I started listening to it and I got a couple episodes in and I out loud in the car went, I need to call my therapist (laughs) (laughs) because it was bringing up so many things for me in terms of like the um, there are, uh, traits, you know, that they went through and, and just some of the things that they talk about in their relationships or whatever. But, um, anyway, it has, it's helped me heal from some of that. Obviously I got other things to heal from if in the car, I'm going, I need to call my therapist, but, um, yeah. So, uh, I just, I find it so comforting to know that there is a community like this out there that is, built around consent, right? Like this community is completely built around hard, um, hard consent limits where, uh, we'll talk a little bit in a minute. I have a definition about, um, some of their consent theories, but, um, and of course, you know, there's always bad apples within a community, but, um, I think one of the things about the kink community is that they don't put up with that bullshit. So if somebody is really taking advantage and displaying poor behavior and not engaging in extreme consent, because that's really what it is, um, they will blacklist you. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So, We were talking about this. We had a SANE training last week and um, I was doing, I think maybe I was talking about the strangulation. I was discussing strangulation in one of the lectures and I started talking about breath play. Um, Sarah, what's breath play? Breath play is knowing the acceptable amount of strangulation allowed Mm-hmm. Um, and the length and the 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 length of time the um power behind the squeeze like uh that kind of stuff yes so it's where the breath is controlled um of one person and it's usually of the submissive you know because that's part of that dynamic um by and I'm gonna say this word and you're gonna be like mm, choking or holding the breath yeah. so it's not choking because we know choking is internal. We've had this conversation, strangulation, but um, it is a very controlled environment and there are definite limits set prior to. And I will never forget 
when I, I had a patient that I was talking to who had been strangled during her assault. And she said to me, he did not do it correctly. And I said, okay, tell me a little bit about that. And she's like, I've done it before. And he did not do it correctly. And I said, so you've gave, you have, um, engaged in consensual breath play with a partner before that was, um, limited and consented. And she was like, yes. And he did not, he didn't, he did not know what he was doing. And I was like, okay. But it was really funny because, um, one of the other nurses that helped teach the class that we were teaching. (laughs) Um, She texted me, I think the next day and said, sometimes I'm amazed by the different worlds that I live in because she was working at one of the venues and she said um, they were talking about how they just didn't understand the LGBTQIA plus community. And she was like, "Um, this time yesterday, I was talking about breath play. These are two very different groups. (laughs) (laughs) like I'm just you know like what's she working with I don't know I I don't want to know I don't want to know I don't either and that's what I thought too like uh, you don't have to understand everything about 22 (laughs) right well and and also you don't have to understand that to respect somebody else you know what I mean like yeah for you to even say that is kind of bullshit so whatever Okay. I have, I have a few more, um, uh, D D L G and you're never going to get this one. Nope. I didn't know this one. I've never heard of this one before. Daddy Dom little girl. And it's a form of BDSM that often includes age play. Age play. Yeah. 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 This one, I think just because of our backgrounds is hard for me to wrap my head around. Also, Um, the word daddy we all know how triggered I get <laughs> <laughs> oh Mr. Generous and I love to mess with Sarah when she's oh here because I, oh, I, will, so I I called him daddy one time and she was like stop it, stop it. and he's like stop. why it's like what's wrong with you she hates it, I hates it. there really has to be something in your past that happened I guess to- I don't know for you to just hate it that much. <clears throat> That's funny. Um, okay, Shibari. Oh, nope. This is incredibly beautiful, I have to say. Um, I've seen some girls do this to themselves, uh, but it's a type of rope bondage originating in Japan that is often oh, elaborate and I intricate in its patterns. Intricate, not intricate. Intricate in its patterns. Yeah. And it it's a beautiful science. If I would, if you're at all interested in seeing what it looks like, I would, I would encourage you to look it up because the way that, that this, um, happens like the knots and how they hang, it's, it's beautiful. Yeah. I've seen that. I have seen that. I saw that on, um, this show called sex around the world. Mm. On Netflix. It's really interesting. It's a documentary that talks about, and it was actually in Germany. Huh. Yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. I have a couple more. Um, safe word. I mean, we all know what a safe word is. And Zach yeah. Efron is ocelot. <laughs> oh, I feel like that'd be kind of hard to, I don't know. 
Um, it's an agreed upon word or phrase that a submissive can say during a scene to stop the activity or session immediately. It doesn't just have to be the submissive either. Anybody can say it, but it's an agreed upon word. If there are things like ball gags that block um, the ability to be able to say something, there's often a safe um, gesture as well. So um, those are um, options as well. And that's really funny about the ball gag because I was doing some research for a strangulation lecture for um, our local police academy. Uh, I teach their strangulation <clears throat> lecture during their uh, domestic violence um, uh, unit. And um, <laughs> I had never really gotten the question about BDSM, but I thought I should probably like do some research on it because that's often, you know, a way for a perpetrator to get away with something because they talk about it being consensual. However, if one person is saying that they're not consenting, then that's a huge red flag because of the amount of consent that goes on um, when you're engaging yeah. in any kind of breath play. But um, I was teaching and somebody asked, actually asked me the question and I was like, funny that you say that and they were like oh okay and I was like no 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 no, no. that's not what I mean I was actually doing research for you know a strangulation lecture and um I was doing it in my office and a lot of times when we're researching things or when I'm doing something it involves heavy things or Parts of the internet that most people shouldn't look at while they're at work. <laughs> while they're at work so I texted my boss and I was like hey just a heads up I am um I'm doing some research on BDSM for strangulation lecture. So just in case like you get a phone call about what I'm researching at work. Um, she was like, yeah, sure, Morgan. Yeah, I was like, oh. <laughs> but then as I'm like researching, there is a girl with a ball gag up on my computer. I have a double computer screen in my office and somebody came in my office and I was like, research, I'm doing everything. Was like, trigger warning, there's a girl with a ball gag on the screen. <laughs> just so you know. <laughs> okay. Um, okay, TPE. I don't know. Total power exchange. Oh, TPE. <laughs> I went dyslexic for a minute. Oh. <laughs> um, okay, the last one I have is SSC. I don't know what SSC is either. Safe, sane, consensual. Oh yeah, I thought it would be good to end on that one because of the um, significance that consent plays in the kink community. Um, uh, that is, of course, not an exhaustive list, but it's just. I was going to say I, I have a couple more that I think are really important too. Okay, yeah, um, it's definitely not an exhaustive list, but I thought it would be fun just to kind of start with some some definitions and you know common things that you hear and not so common things I'd never heard of figging before. Um, I don't think that that would be an option for me to put a ginger or no. to utilize ginger or chili pepper. That sounds, you know, when I eat jalapenos and, <laughs> and it comes out the next day. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm good. Yeah. I don't, that's not something that would, I don't know, please me in any way, I guess. Okay, so <laughs> I, I guess I have mom generous trigger warning, right? Um, just tell mom and generous not to listen to this <laughs> don't one. Don't okay. listen to this one. <laughs> Uh, okay, I have a couple for you to see if you know them or okay. if you want to ask them. Uh, cockholding. Cockholding? Cockholding. 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 I think I've heard the term cuckolding, 
um, in the Sex with Emily podcast. And I think it has to do with uh, the man watching the woman have sex with another person. Yep. Yes. It's a hetero relationship and it's the man uh, watching or even it even alluded to like even the idea of the female having sex with another person yeah um gagging oh did you hear the cat um yeah i did hear yeah. The cat. gagging like yeah like i do with my toothbrush every day <laughs> yeah uh like having a gag reflex and like gagging when you're engaging yeah. in sexual activity the thing I liked about this one the most was it says people with penises will get off by their partner gagging on them. Oh, oh, well, I mean, that makes sense because then it, the, the thought is that the size of it. Right. Isn't, is too much for the other person to handle. Yeah. Right. That makes sense. Okay. And then the last one, I have two more, but, um, well here, let's just do, um, uh impact play oh uh, yeah okay so this is really interesting to me this is the use of um tools or hands and you like um you engage in different levels of um hitting with different tools or um, devices in order to get off right and the last one is electrostimulation. Oh, do they use electricity? Yeah. It says it can also be considered edge play, which is a risky form of BDSM. Mm. Um, but it's exactly what it sounds like it is. They use forms of, um, they had one called like a, oh my God, it was like a something stick, electric stick or something like that. Um, like a cattle prod? like that they use um hold on i'm gonna find it um that they use in um (laughs) one of the other one was like tentacles first off let's get one thing straight you can't have sex with an actual actual octopus or octopus like monster they are animals they cannot give consent (laughs) (laughs) oh it's called a uh a zip hold on uh, zappers it's a cute little nickname for electro wand that's used how, during did it say how much electricity it generates like like comparatively to like a like a stun gun or something well we're just gonna look this up here oh not found damn it that's really interesting because wow because that really it says this sounds crazy zappers feel like a little sting so probably not much Still, it's hundred percent okay if they're on your hard no limit list. Oh yeah, anything can be on your hard no limit list. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but I think I think it doesn't. There's not like there's not there are specific things that fall in kink, you know, quote unquote. But I think anything that would be considered to fall outside of the vanilla or the normal can be considered kink. So anal play, you know, because it's so taboo. Um, any sort of fetish like foot fetishes there was like pregnancy fetishes um you know any sort of like 
quote unquote weird fetishes. Yeah. Um, you know, are you know, some people like want to have sex with little people, not yeah. like pediatric patients, <laughs> you know, <laughs> little people. Not pediatric. In size and stature, not that's, that's pedophilia. <laughs> right. That's pedophilia, and that's illegal. And that is not part of the kink community. That is no, very because they can't be consent. About. Yeah, because they cannot consent. Yeah. Speaking of consent, I, I have say, a couple of models. Consent? <laughs> yeah, I have a couple of models. Um, really, if we're being honest, consent is easy. And people make consent so fucking hard. And it's really uh-huh. easy. Um, but there is an affirmative consent model. Um, it's kind of long, so stick with me. Um, and this is yes means yes. So consent is voluntarily, voluntary, affirmative, conscious agreement to engage in sexual activity, that it can be revoked at any time, that a previous relationship does not constitute consent, and that coercion or threat of force can also not be used to establish consent. Affirmative consent can be given either verbally or non-verbally. <clears throat> you know, um, I think I've talked about this detective before on the podcast, but um, he did some training with our sane nurses and he then did some training with some police officers. <laughs> yes, that one. Um, I know I already knew who you were talking about <laughs> at the end of the week. And one of the things he said, when fear or coercion, um, is in the room, consent cannot be. Yeah. And I thought that was really poignant because like, right. You can't, that can't be present if somebody's going to give this affirmative consent. Right. <clears throat> and that is so important, especially because if you think about <clears throat> engaging in any kink, it involves a conversation around something that could be considered taboo. It involves a conversation around something that you would like to try that you've never tried before, or that um, maybe it could be uncomfortable to talk about if you haven't been in a relationship with that person for very long, or, you know, you really are exploring things outside of the vanilla or the quote unquote normal. So, um, in terms of consent, it's so important to lay those boundaries and those limits because really you're talking about engaging in, um, consensual play that is outside the realm of what would be considered normal. So um, then we have informed consent. And this is used a lot, especially in the medical field, because it's really important for people to understand things that are going to happen to them, especially in the medical field. So this is is the principle of consent being given with full knowledge of events, circumstances, and participants, and the ability to give consent, not under fear or coercion or under the influence of substances. So <clears throat> that is consent and that is um, some definitions. So um, really, I think one of the things that I do want to say is that I am not an expert, number one, in the kink community. Um, I think we wanted to just really, our goal for this podcast was to present some information, to kind of talk about it. I'm more than happy to do more research or to find somebody who um, is really active in the kink community to come on and talk if that is yeah. some, I think that, that would be would, really interesting. <clears throat> I think it would be too so I don't I don't want to say that I'm speaking for on behalf of the community I'm speaking on behalf of myself and some things that I've learned so um, I am not speaking on behalf of the kink community but I did get to go to a 
<clears throat> presentation at the IAFN conference that was really, really interesting about kink. And a lot of it I had already kind of known from researching, but um, uh, the conversation was really interesting, especially around dealing with victims of sexual assault and in the kink community. By the way, IAFN stands for International Association of Forensic Nurses. Thank you for clarifying that. You're welcome. <laughs> so one of the big things that like us as sane nurses and forensic nurses and stuff like that, um, and one thing that I, I mean, I hold this as a truth in my, my mind, um, is that kink play and like this BDSM can actually be very healing for victims of previous sexual assault and sexual violence. And one of the main things I feel like, and this is, you know, all the research that I did on this, the overarching theme of why it can be healing and how it can be healing is two different things. One we know uh, from all of the the education that we've done uh, and what we've looked at in the past with um, perpetrators and all that kind of stuff that sexual assault and sexual violence is not perpetrated on somebody for a sexual gain. It is not a sexual thing. What sexual assault and sexual violence is perpetrated on people for is power and control. And so uh, the the perpetrator is exerting their power and control over this person. So in turn, what we do as sexual assault nurses is we start giving that control back to them immediately. That's why during our exams, they have full control over everything. They have to consent to every part and piece of our exam and their consent is ongoing. So if it was just, I'm going to do an informed consent and say, hey, um, here's your consent um, this is what we're going to do. These are the outcomes of what we're going to do. I'm going to have you sign right here. And then we just did our exam. That would not fully give them their control back. So we have to have that ongoing consent. So they do sign consent forms for us. But if at any time during the exam, anybody changes their mind or, um, you know, we've talked in the past especially we just did the same training, but we've talked about um, if anybody's too intoxicated or even just emotionally drained and just not, not available for this exam, we can stop the exam. And I've had hard conversations with people before and just said, mm -hmm. like, you are not at an emotional point that this is going to be good for you and healing for you. Yeah. <laughs> this is going to be more traumatizing for you than it is going to help you. And so I go on that long spiel because consent is huge in the kink community and in the BDSM community. Consent is number one. It is the absolute overarching, has to happen, cannot continue on without consent. Also, control. Control is very, uh, a huge staple and a pillar of what goes on in these communities. So it can be very, um, very amazing for these victims of sexual assault and sexual violence to have that control back, have that ability for consent back. 
And even if they're doing something maybe a little bit off the grid, I guess is the right word. I don't like using normal and weird and all that kind of stuff because what I think is normal is not what Morgan thinks is normal. Like, and so I just, I don't like using that kind of those terms and stuff like that, but maybe not the, the thing that happens in every household. Right. So like even bondage, yeah. the idea of bondage and having somebody who has previous sexual violence in their history and stuff like that, um, you would, a, a lot of people have said, and you could kind of think and kind of deduce maybe that it wouldn't be um, well received for somebody who has a history of sexual, sexual violence, especially if this person was tied up or anything like that during their their assault mm -hmm. and the strangulation portion things of it too um but the thing that can give them back that control is the fact that at any point they can say nope i'm good yeah um or you know i don't want to do this anymore and you know safe words are really important in this community because there are some maybe practices that uh, people say things that can emulate sexual assaults um, where it's kind of like a rape fantasy. It's called um, CNC, consent, non-consent. Yeah. And so um, in, in these communities that those aspects are okay um I am not I wouldn't be comfortable with that um in my own world in my own mind um but there are so many people that that could be absolutely healing for to know that like almost even like maybe even recreating some of the scene from their own sexual um violence and being able to change that narrative. You know, I, uh, that's so interesting that you say that because, you know, I got into, I, I like reading smut books. I think we've had this conversation mm -hmm. on here before. <laughs> mm. And I just think it's so interesting. And I was reading one, one time, <coughs> oh God, I'm coughing on. <coughs> and um, she had been kidnapped by her ex who her sister and her had ran from and they went to this like little town um that had this bdsm community but it was kind of an underground thing but um this girl worked in a sex shop and one of the owners of the club had come into the sex shop and they had really like made a connection or whatever and um she had run from her boyfriend with her sister they had both come and at the toward the end of the the book he had found her and he kidnapped her and um he was like kind of he was like torturing her getting ready to and then you know the boyfriend or whatever came in and saved her he knew what was going on and and at the end um they utilized the club to help her heal and um kind of progress through the trauma that she experienced which i think is really interesting because if you think about it that's a lot of um cognitive behavioral 
with the physical part of it, you know, like the cognitive behavior of what a therapist would do to talk through something like that. Then you also have the physical with somebody who's safe. Like that's really interesting to me. I think it is extremely interesting. And, you know, like I never got into the 50 shades of gray. Mm. The king community doesn't like that. They don't, that it's not because it's not an accurate portrayal of appropriate consent. That was one of the things they talked about in that, um, um, that conference, that lecture that I went to is that Fifty Shades of Grey kind of made it popular, but it really didn't, uh, and it didn't, um, engage in the values of what it means for consent and to be, um, to be in the kink community and follow the the values and the, you know, the rules of consent. <clears throat> right. Right. I, I do think that it could be liberating for some people who have, um, experienced sexual violence in their lives. I, I agree. Yeah, absolutely. I um, agree. Have you, have you seen 50 shades of gray or read no, it? Oh, no, I haven't either. No, neither one. Um, I, I think I have a fear in the back of my mind that it could be triggering also, mm, but I think yeah. that, you know, you know, um, I think that with that safe space, uh, being able to have those safe words, being in us, knowing that you are completely safe with this person that you're with, mm-hmm. um, and knowing that at any point, um, you could stop this, um, I think would be, you know, the, the better points to it, I guess, but, you know, um, I just think that it's, it's really, really interesting and how just utterly liberating would it be for you to have been just this prisoner in your own brain Mm -hmm. for so long or even so little, it doesn't matter. Um, after, you know, sexual violence has happened to you to like go into this community that like you've said multiple times, and I hundred percent agree with so accepting, mm-hmm. um, of anything and everything that you find to be acceptable for yourself. Um, and just be able to shed all of that, mm-hmm. you know, all of that, those prison bars and stuff like that. You know, I think that that would be, it would be really interesting also, I feel like if this was something that I would do as like, um, you know, healing from any sort of sexual trauma or sexual violence, I feel like the first couple of times I would do it, I just feel like, even if I felt really safe with the person, I just be like, safe word, whatever my safe word is, safe word. Yeah. And it, I'd be like, okay, okay, you did it. Okay. Now let's, we can go again. And then like, you dipped a toe. Word. yeah, 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 yeah. Um, just, just making sure that they're actually going to listen to that safe word and they're not going to just keep going on and on, you know, you know, I think that you talked about it being really healing for somebody who is in, who's experienced sexual violence, but I think for a domestic violence relationship as well, if you can find uh, from a person, from a personal standpoint, I, I can say that from a personal standpoint and being, you know, the victim of narcissistic abuse, that it is very healing to have somebody that you 
trust so completely, you know, to be vulnerable with in more ways than just in the bedroom, but especially in exploring, you know, yourself and your sexuality and, um, and it makes it like, it adds a level of like fun to things. I think that you just, it feels very freeing and healing. And I just, I can't say enough about finding a partner who is, you know, yes, you're my best friend, but like, you know, I come home to somebody that I like want to hang out with and like is my best friend every day. But then like we get to have those kinds of experiences too. I'm trigger warning, mama generous, trigger warning. (laughs) I'm not experiencing that stuff with you. No, we're not experiencing that stuff. Sarah doesn't like vaginas, so she wouldn't want to. (laughs) I don't even like my own. Mr. Generous does though. (laughs) That's good. I'm glad he likes vaginas. Um, yeah. yeah no but I do think you're right uh, you know I I do keep talking about sexual violence but I do think domestic violence yeah. or any sort of intimate partner violence yeah. it would be very freeing in that to actually any sort of interpersonal violence yeah, even I think so yeah you know child abuse and things like that it could be very freeing because you do you just have that sense of control you have that sense of um consent there mm-hmm. and I I do love that I have never been one to even remotely start kink shaming anybody oh like, no you know what I mean like I and I and I think working in this world and being in this world um I it may not be a practice that I think I would want to try um but it it may be so good for these people and yeah. like, it's what they want to do. Right. Like, I don't, I don't hate feet, but I don't really like feet. <laughs> right. So coming back to that foot fetish, maybe, maybe really subconsciously you need to, you need to explore that. No, I'm around a lot of people in my life that absolutely despise feet. Oh, and yeah, so that's when I saw the foot fetish thing, I was like, <laughs> Oh, that's hilarious yeah Uh, my stepmom gags she gags if you get your foot anywhere near her and it doesn't have a soccer issue on oh my god that's hilarious was really has been really hard for her my entire existence with her so like 28 years yeah um 27 years um because my dad and I don't wear shoes yeah that's true like she oh no she is not she's not a fan not a fan not about she's not about that foot life no not about that foot life Ow. <laughs> oh boy no, we should probably wrap this up okay I know well it's I think that that was just like a night. drop in the bucket you yeah. know I think if I you, think that it's important if you are in this community and or if you know somebody who's in this community that would like to come on you could do it completely yeah. anonymously we've done yeah. that before um and uh just get a hold of us and let us know because it would be really interesting to hear from people who actually live this life yeah you know what I mean? um yeah and not people who just um read about it and or dabble in it <laughs> what are you saying that I'm dabbling I'm I'm not dabbling so <laughs> Yeah. And, you know, and if there was something that we said that was wrong or that, you know, we're a little off base, please correct us because we don't want to put any misinformation out there. I think that, you know, having knowledge about something like this can be really 
um, really useful for somebody who has experienced any kind of interpersonal violence. And so that was one of the reasons that I wanted to really talk about it because I, I found it one, so accepting and two, it being so in consent being so ingrained in this community that it's really important to discuss it because, you know, there are things that are taboo and then you really start like looking into it or researching it. And it really is more accepting than just your, your run of the mill. How, how dare I say Christian relationship? Like, I'm sorry. I, I'm not trying to piss anybody off, but you know, I, I just do feel do like Bible study. Okay. Like, as a Christian, right? I feel like other Christians are more judgmental than any other people out there. And there, that's not how it's supposed to be. So there's absolutely a huge, huge rift. And there's issues um, across the board, Christianity wise yeah. about judgment. So, and oh man, other, that's a whole other podcast. All right, let's do it. <laughs> all right. No, I don't know that I'm ready for that one. You made me do the politics one and I wasn't ready for that stupid one. I, God, do you remember how much I hated having to do that one? Do you know that we've done at least two podcasts that have made you uncomfortable and we've done zero that have made me uncomfortable. Well, that's because you chose a fucking politics podcast where, and it wasn't that I was uncomfortable. It's just that I just hate engaging in it because people are so close-minded that they can't see things from any point of view, but one side. That's why I hated that one so much. I wasn't uncomfortable. The spooky one, the ghost one. Yeah. I was fucking uncomfortable. You know how that makes me feel. She was squirming. I don't do it. I don't do ghosts. I don't do scary, spooky stuff, but I think being going to Salem would be fun. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. So, all right, everybody. Find us on our yeah oh socials do i make you uncomfortable at gmail.com uh do i make you uncomfortable on facebook uh do i make you uncomfortable 2015 on instagram and at do uncomfortable on twitter which we are awful at um and what else that you did we did all those that's fine yeah yeah so, and just a reminder, we speak on the behalf of ourselves. We don't speak on the behalf of other groups or people or institutions, or organizations. We or really the just that we work for. That's why I said institutions. <laughs> I was that very specific and clear. Very, very, very clear. We speak on behalf of, you know, ourselves and we do this podcast as a way to kind of like be able to release and engage in some self-care. Um, although tonight it didn't feel like self-care because we couldn't get the fucking internet to work. Oh so. my God, so stressful. <laughs> so anyway, thanks for sticking with us and listening. I hope you enjoyed. Shoot us a message or a DM. Let us know what you want to hear and we will talk to you soon. Bye. 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 I'm not going